As I was reflecting on what should I share with you as we get ready to listen to my interview with Jared Martin, an expert in the CBD industry, and then you say, Deb, why are you interviewing people from the CBD area? And, you know, I've shared in other episodes, I am sincerely interested about the solutions to the problems that people face with respect to how they feel, health, wellness, and their different medical ailments. But then I started thinking as it relates to the CEO's compass, you know, in a society when we are so focused on getting instant results, you know, my, my foot hurts, give us a prescription, you know, my feelings are hurt, oh, we've got to fix that right away. You know, we shouldn't always be fixated on fixing problems, but thinking more holistically and what is the outcome we want to achieve. And that's what I talk about in the CEO's compass, peace of mind. In my conversation with Jared, we talk of end of life care. And so often we want to give people quick fixes, medicines that will remove the pain. But we think about a greater outcome of spending quality time with the people we care about. Might there be a different solution? Let's listen. Could there be an alternative to morphine for end of life? Because if we truly care about people, we don't just care about them at a young age or middle age, we care about them at the end of life. And what could that look like if we could create some type of THC product with CBD, where someone at the end of life, where they're going, hey, we're calling it hospice, but instead of morphine, we could give them some type of THC CBD product where they could still be lucid. They could still tell stories with their family. They could still have conversations, but the pain would be alleviated because a lot of times they give them morphine, right? So they don't feel the pain. But also what ends up happening is it basically just kind of obliterates them in the sense of they just can't, they don't think, they, they just, they're just kind of there. And so you have family coming in and they're just sitting with their loved one and it's just this mourning and just this difficult process of watching them go through this. So what if you could sit with them for the next two days, 48 hours, and you could talk about life. You could talk about those stories. You could ask those questions. You could share things. Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, founder of Illumination Partners, and I want to thank you for joining us on this journey where we bring insights, inspiration, and great conversations from industry leaders to hopefully inspire you. And if you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, tell others so we can continue to bring you great programming. And today, it is my honor to introduce to you Jared Martin. Jared is the Chief R&D Officer of Can Goods and has formulated and developed products that have been distributed to over 300-plus retail locations, 1,000-plus physicians' offices, and more than 100,000 units delivered in the EU and UK that were manufactured in the U.S., and he is also an established research partner between Can Goods and the Central State University for the purpose of furthering research 
and the cannabis industry. Jared, it is my honor to welcome you onto the show. Thank you so much. So to my listeners, you know, first of all, just a quick shout out to Scott Chaplin. He is a trusted partner of mine. He said, you know, if you want to learn more about the CBD cannabis industry, go talk to Jared. So here we are today. You get to listen to this conversation. But honestly, you know, I've been in the flavors and fragrance industry for over 20 years, and there is this evolving industry that serves so many, but is going through so many challenges. So it is my curiosity about this, the opportunities and challenges, and how we can support it. So I can't wait to be filled with so much insight, Jared. Can you please share a little bit about yourself personally, your career, and the work that you're doing now? Yeah, so you know, not uh, originally in this industry at all. This was kind of a, a different uh, trajectory for me. I am the father of four kids, three girls and a boy, 10, 8, 6, and 2. So that keeps us very busy at home. But I was working originally with a scientific startup focusing primarily on organic chemistry, color change technology, polymer technology, things like that. And during that time period, myself and another guy was in a co-working space uh, we started talking about what it would look like to start our own CBD retail brand. And we had a very close friend at the time who was into extraction in the hemp industry. So they would take the biomass from hemp and they would uh, process that and extract out the CBD, the distillate or the crude or whatever, uh, isolate, things like that. And uh, he said, hey, if you guys start that, I can supply you guys with what we do. And and they were just getting into a type of extraction that was solvent-free from beginning to end. And sometimes you'll hear in the industry, well, it's, ours is, is solvent-free as well. Yeah, you're right. During the extraction process, there's a solvent you know, list aspect. But then to get it down to the final product that you need as an ingredient, it has to u- utilize different solvents. Well, this was a kind of a, a new idea, new concept that they had worked with a partner to develop to extract it using no solvents from beginning to end. So it was a really quality product. And so we started a brand at that time. And uh, things just went really well with that, where a company approached us and said, hey, you know, we would love to be able to utilize you guys uh, and take formulations that you guys have developed and uh, use them with other brands and companies. The problem is you can't do that as a brand. There'd be a conflict there as a brand supplying other brands that are retail brands supplying other retail brands. But they said, hey, if you started a company uh, that did this, that was uh, did not have its own brand, you didn't re- retail products, uh, we'd love to work with you on that. So we did uh, from there within a few months after launching the retail brand. And uh, we were working directly with them, doing really well. And then uh, it was right before the pandemic hit, Uh, We were all together in California the first weekend in March that week uh, of 2020, right before the shutdown happened. And uh, we were up in Lake Tahoe as as a full team, sharing an Airbnb with this company, our company. We worked well together for the past year, over a year. And uh, the conversation started on, hey, what if we just kind of merged and what if can goods acquired E5 Kim. E5 Kim would still stay a company, but it'd be wholly owned by can goods as the parent company. And so fast forward, it was November 1st of 2020 that we uh, signed the official paperwork. And uh, so my partner and I, we merged into can goods and uh, joined this team. And, uh, and so now what we do is we still do E5 Kim is still the formulation R&D side of canned goods. And what we do is uh, clients come to us, companies come to us and they say, hey, we already have existing products. We would love to add CBD or some other ingredients into those. Can you help us do that? Or we'll have brands and companies come to us and say, hey, we don't have anything. We want to launch. We need all types of products or we need you know a few products to launch with. And so our largest client in the EU 
uh, where we do a lot of our business uh, over there with them. They came to us. They didn't have any products. They told us what they were looking for. Hey, we want some tinctures. We want a couple topical products, a lotion, a balm. Um, and so we developed those from scratch for them with custom flavors and fragrances based on what they were looking for. So uh, a fun a fun story there, but working with experts, you know, in, in all sorts of different ways. So we, we've taken the approach on, we're not the experts in, in everything. So what was popular at that time in the hemp industry and cannabis is vertically integrated, meaning that you own the farms, you own the extraction, you own the formulation, you own the manufacturing, you do it all from start to, to finish. And we looked at that and said, that's not typically how a mature industry operates, right? They have their own expertise and they partner with, let's just use this example, they partner with the farms, they partner with the extractors, they do all those kinds of things. And so we said, okay, we're not the experts in everything. So why farm? We, we don't have any background in farming. We're not going to do that. We're not, we don't have any background in extraction. We're not going to do that. Uh, we're going to focus on our area of formulation and R&D we're going to focus in that area. And then we're also going to partner even within that area of, you know, we, we formed a partnership with a flavor and fragrance house that does great work. And uh, that's kind of where the connect, it's a small world when you get into flavor and fragrance because everyone knows everyone. So even the people I work with, they know Scott as well, who, who introed you to me. And, uh, and so we said, okay, we're going to, we're going to do what we do best. And we're going to partner with the experts so we can give our customers, our clients, the best experience based on experts in their given area. And so that's what we've done where people come to us and they'll have crazy flavor ideas and we can get those made or unique fragrance options and we can get those custom made for them. And, and that's, that's kind of how, where we're at today. So thank you for that background story. It is amazing. You've got me thinking about a number of different things. And as I think about, you know, the individual, uh, about expanding their horizons, going into a new career, a new job, starting yeah. up a new business, sometimes they say, well, I can't, I don't have that expertise. And you said something quite profound is recognize what you are good at and build relationships with other people that either want, you could tap them on the shoulder mm -hmm. for their knowledge yeah. or have a partnering agreement for which you want to serve a customer, it could be you, your partner, or just your partner, but all in the end, you are servicing clients. So kudos to you to see this new business model. Now, on a personal note, oh mm -hmm. my, four children, yeah, and going into a challenging landscape and starting a new company or evolving a company, how do you manage to do all of that and keep everything uh, up in the air? Yeah, um, balance. You know, I, I think there's a key there where we've come out, you know, the early 2000s in the Silicon Valley, it was this concept of you sleep little, right? You work as much as you can. And, you know, everything comes before, you know, work comes before everything else. And you, you're watching these guys that were in there, you know, some of the different guys coming out now saying, oh, that was really foolish of me only sleeping two hours a night. Now I sleep eight hours a night. If I could do anything over again, it would have been sleeping more. So there's a balance there. There's there's priorities, right? Um, I try to live by the, the model of be where my feet are. So if I'm at work, be at work. If I'm at home, be at home. And you know, if I'm at my kids' games or you know, with them, I try to be with them. I'm not great at it all the time, right? The the cell phone is is great and terrible all at the same time. Having an iPhone, uh, you have email on there. It's really easy to jump on there. It's really easy to be contacted. So it, my wife does a good job of trying to help balance me too, going, hey, why don't you put the phone down? So we, we try to keep the phones away from the dinner table. We try to do dinner most nights of the week together at home. Right now, there's something every night of the week for at least one child between horseback riding lessons to cheerleading to soccer 
so that that thing of just trying to be present where you're at physically that's that's the biggest thing it doesn't mean i don't every now and then get a call in the evening on something going on or you know something that needs to be addressed or an email that i need to follow up on but when you balance it and you try to make the priorities what the priorities are then when you are interrupted it's not as big a deal so that's kind of where how my wife and i look at it is like hey it's not always a big deal um if if i need to take care of something because when we try to make it a priority with the family then it's okay to be interrupted every now and then so sound advice. And, you know, in the end, it's what your children remember. They mm-hmm. just remember my parents were there for me. We remember sitting down at yeah. the dinner table. It's what really is pronounced in their mind. So thank you for sharing that sound advice. Live where my feet are. So thank you. So really curious. You talk about the strategy. You're servicing the EU and the UK. And I'm sure there's people that could use your brands in the US. What is it about your strategy that that's where you serve at this point in time versus in the United States? Yeah, one of the aspects we've really focused on as Can Goods and E5, uh, even before we joined together, was regulatory pathways and really focusing on how do we help you get your products in the proper places. Well, it's one thing to sell your products online. There's certain certifications and regulatory uh, requirements you need to do online. When you step into retail chains, there's a whole lot more. There's there's more paperwork required. There's more uh, sign-offs on on certain things that they need, statements and things like that. So one of our areas is we can help clients and companies get to the right locations they want to sell in. It doesn't mean we can open all the doors there, but if you have an access into there, we can help you fulfill through supply chain and we can help you fulfill through the quality paperwork that you might need. So currently working on a deal through a client for another client to get into Brazil as well. And so working through that on regulatory THC levels, you know, certain cannabinoids, one of the things in uh, the UK is CBN is regulated like THC. And so in America, people are loving CBN right now for the benefits of sleep, right? And you want to make sure you take CBN at the right time. I, I accidentally took it in the morning on a Sunday morning before I went to church. And I was I could not understand why I was so tired during the service and then realized when I got home, I had taken a CBN, a sleep tincture product instead of a CBG uh, focused product. And, uh, and so you want to make sure the, those adverse effects, which we can talk about that as well, but you want to make sure that you take the right products at the right time. But in the UK, one of the things that people don't understand is that you can have up to one milligram of CBN per unit. So per product, per tincture, per whatever, uh, that's an ingestible. So for our UK client, we had a hurdle that we had to help them find the right type of ingredients that would be CBN free. So we could just avoid that issue because if you send over all these products to the UK and the EU that are going to go on retail shelves and the certificate of analysis come back with showing too much CBN or THC, those products will not be allowed on those shelves. And you could have, you know, 10 to 15, 20,000 units just sitting in a warehouse over there and a a frustrated client. So what we do is we try to say, hey, we can help you meet your regulatory requirements, paperwork and all that stuff. and, And we can help you walk through that process. All right. Well, that's an amazing service because this is a challenging industry right now. Maybe you could just share a little bit from your perspective. What keeps you up at night? What are your challenges to be able to service so many people that may need these kinds of products, but maybe the market hasn't opened up yet? What are some of the challenges right now? Yeah, I think on my side, it's it's formulating the best products for our customers, right? My goal is that when we hand over samples of a new product we're developing for a client is I want 
I want honest feedback from them, but I also I'm, I'm looking for great feedback. So my goal is always to create products that our clients love because if they love those products, then they're going to be willing and, and loving the idea of marketing those products, right? If you can't love something, you're not going to be passionate about marketing it. So if our clients aren't happy with the products we're making for them, then we're not being successful to help them successful because we always say, hey, our brands that we service, our clients, our customers, they're our partners. The more success they have, the more success we have, right? The more they're selling, the more we're selling. Um, and so if they're not happy, if they're not able to do that, then we're not being successful as a company. The other side would be regulation. And uh, this is an interesting time in the U.S. just watching the different forms of THC. So when you talk about THC, people generally are talking about Delta 9, uh, which is the most popular one that everyone has known about for years. It's what people are typically looking for when they get to THC. But now you have uh, what what is being popular in the last year is Delta 8. You have Delta 9, you have Delta 10, and Delta 11. And uh, it's, it's really just a situation on uh, where the double bond takes place. So, you know, you have Delta 8, which Right now, the regulation is interesting because I think currently when we're recording this, I, I believe it's 18 states have already made Delta 8 illegal. Four others are considering it. Then you have Delta 10. That's the next place that people start moving. And people have already said, well, what are we going to do when we get to Delta 11? And, and that's an interesting one right there because Delta 11, which is 11-hydroxy-THC, is a fascinating one because right now you currently can't get Delta 11 outside of the human body. It's only converted from Delta 9 inside the human liver. And this is where, if, if you talk to anyone in the industry or anyone that has tried an edible, they'll say they just, they affect me so different than a tincture or smoking, you know, or, or vaping that cannabis product. It's because when you smoke or something like that, the, the, uh, the different cannabinoids are getting right into your bloodstream. When you eat something as an edible, say a gummy, right? Those are really popular. People talk a lot or a brownie or, or some type of edible that you're consuming it has to function and process through your liver. And what takes place in the liver is delta nine is converted at a molecular level to delta 11. So that 11 hydroxy. And so the molecule becomes much smaller. And what happens is, your liver will continue to process those delta-9 molecules into delta-11 until it's fully out of your liver. So until that brownie, that gummy, whatever it is, is out of your liver, and it reduces the molecule size down, that delta-11 can process through your blood-brain barrier much easier, which means everybody in, in our body, we have the endocannabinoid system, which is the CB1 and CB2 receptors. And in our brain, we have the CB1 receptors. So what happens is, less delta-9 gets through the blood-brain barrier into your brain and attaches to those CB1 receptors, where delta-11 is much smaller. So many more are flushing through that blood-brain barrier and attaching to CB1 receptors. And so people typically say it just hits harder when I have an edible. That's why. And the problem is people don't take the time. It can take 30 to 60 minutes to process at a minimum. And so people will take a gummy or a brownie, they'll consume that, and they'll go, I'm not feeling anything. So they take another one and then another. And then it's just this process of it hits really hard then at that point. I mean, I was just at the dentist yesterday and my dental hygienist was telling me about a time where she took half of a brownie, got to the concert, saw a police officer. She had the other half in her purse. So she threw it in her mouth and the people with her who were experienced with the stuff said, I never take that much. And she said, I mean, she got nauseous. She didn't feel good. They ended up having to leave the concert early. Um, and she said, I had no idea. And I said, I explained that. And she goes, that makes way more sense now. But it just, it's this 
process of it, it hits much harder as a result. So regulatory wise, it's just this interesting situation. And, and part of the problem too, when you're looking at this is how the DEA has defined what is, you know, a schedule one drug. And so right now, the other side of that is the reason why Delta eight is becoming legal is based on the, uh, basically the Merriam Webster's definition that the DEA uses. But, um, Delta eight cannot be expressed enough out of the plant. The hemp cultivars cannot express it enough on its own naturally as an organic compound. And so what happens is they have to do a chemical reaction. Well, based on the DEA, when a chemical reaction takes place, it's now a synthetic ingredient. As a result, that synthetic uh, component there makes it uh, under the, the, they have labeled it as a, a schedule one drug. So there's just all these situations here where you have all these different government agencies trying to figure this out. And so it's, it's a real struggle there on how we can do that. We had a client where we were helping make a Delta 8 tincture for and they were in Michigan, and we were about halfway through that project when Michigan said it's illegal. We just had to drop the project, and she said we can't, we can't even sell it. So we just had to move on. So it's those types of things where, as regulation changes, we have to be willing to change. Our clients have to be willing to change, and we have to walk them through it. Okay, we can't do that, so let's do something different. So I, Jared, I so appreciate the science here. Again, I my mouth is dropping here because I'm trying to internalize. Again, being a STEM professional, I sincerely appreciate that. But you said a couple of things that are really, really interesting about, you know, as the environment is changing, you guys have to continually be pivoting, educating and finding new ways and helping your clients. So changing and pivoting and being agile is a daily occurrence for you. And I think professionals, you know, are caught off guard because, what my life changed, COVID changed. Well, you know what? COVID is just going to be one thing that's going to change. It's always going to be changing. So what can you do as an individual or business owner always to be agile or stay ahead of the curve? But the other thing you said, which was really profound, was just you want to be a brand that people love. And big companies get that. But as individuals, if you're still in your career or if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner and you say, I provide these services for this customer in this industry and solve this problem, you sound like a talking head like everybody else. Yeah. And when people come back to you because they just love you, your brand and how you're helping them and being memorable, that is what is going to get you through all of these pivots, crises and changing environments. But you've got some exciting stuff coming on. You have a joint venture and an announcement may be pending. I would love for you to share a little bit more about that. Yeah. So we, um, one of our clients, we went in on a joint venture deal with them. Uh, so the EU has come out and said, we're going to announce that you can no longer sell ingestible CBD products unless you're using novel food approved isolate. And what is that? Explain that. Yeah. So CBD isolate. So uh, when you have an extract or a crude, you have a wide range of cannabinoids in that product. And what you do is you isolate it down to only CBD. So currently you can buy, you know, isolates of, you know, the, the big, the big three that people talk about for isolates would be CBD, CBG, and CBN. So, you know, I'm, I'm not making any claims here, but there, you know, people are talking about CBG for some anti- uh, cancer uh, effects, uh, CBN for some great sleep effects, uh, things like that. So you can, what you can do is you can create a singular product where it's only CBD in that product, or, you know, you're getting away from the full spectrum of cannabinoids, right? And uh, the EU has come out where they've said CBN is one of those things that you can only have so much of, right? Or none of like THC. So we try to be careful of what we use in those products, right? So CBD isolate is one of those where they're saying, 
Hey, unless you have novel food approved isolate, you cannot have an ingestible product. And the difference is, as a as a company in the U.S., if you're told that and you do, you'll get a letter, you'll get a warning. Over in the EU, they will come and re- like retail stores will not even put your products on the shelves because then the retail stores and they actually have like a law enforcement group from what we've been told who go around and check this stuff out, making sure it's meeting all the specs and they will pull it off shelves more so than they will uh, in the U S. So what, what it is, is it was a big application process. We hired a consultant uh, to come in and help us from the EU. Who's very knowledgeable over there. You know, a PhD has, has consulted with the companies like Pfizer and companies like that, very knowledgeable. And so he helped us write this application, you know, hundreds of pages long, all this different data that had to take place that had to be put in to show the safety of that. But then also a 12 month tox study, toxicology study to show that CBD isolate is actually safe for human consumption. So we're in the midst of that right now. But uh, as long as we're in the midst of that, we've been told it could be in the next few days, it could be any day we hear the the final. um, And then as a result, any brands over there either. So what, what that does for us is we will then be a seller of novel food isolate. So we've been told it's going to be a, a small amount of companies who actually are approved ultimately, which means the market becomes very small for sellers of the CBD isolate over there, the, the novel food approved. And, and every company that wants to have ingestible products will have to buy that isolate. So it has to be approved for the novel food application process. So it, and that's through basically like the FDA in America for, for the EU. So they're the ones who are overseeing this process. So long road, a lot of hard work, but you're definitely in it for the long game because once approved, that starts opening up opportunities yeah. for you and the people in your business. That is amazing. What keeps you going? I'm wondering if there's a personal story or just the excitement of the science and the possibility because there are so many obstacles in this industry. And while people do see the value in it, and those are the avenues that you're going into from a strategy perspective, what keeps you going? Because it is so hard. I'm just curious. Yeah, no, that's a great question because at the end of the day, my co-founder and I, who originally started E5 Kim and the retail brand for, you know, I kind of want to share this because his reason was, you know, his father-in-law passed away a few years ago uh, from complications due to the medications he was taking on for rheumatoid arthritis. You know, something that you would, would not think would be a major deal as far as death. And he looked at that when we started this and said, what if my father-in-law could have had some products like this, like CBD type products, would that have extended his life more so he could be around his grandkids? Uh, so he could be around his daughter, you know, um, he's, he's my age, you know, 37 going on 38. So we're not very old and you know, his wife is the same age. And, and what would that look like for me looking at this? And one of the things recently I've noticed, so back this past year, my grandmother passed away. She really struggled with uh, dementia and she was in a facility for that. And at the end, she had to go through morphine and it just, just crushed her, right? It just, it, you know, within a couple of days of being on morphine, she passed away. My wife's grandmother, who she was very close to just two months ago or a month and a half ago now, same situation, dementia really bad. And uh, just got to the point where she had to go on morphine and within a few days she died. And we're looking at this and I'm going, you know, could there be an alternative to morphine for end of life? Because if we truly care about people, we don't just care about them at a young age or middle age. We care about them at the end of life. And what could that look like if we could create some type of a THC product with CBD where someone at the end of life where they're going, hey, we're calling it hospice, but instead of morphine, we could give them 
some type of THC CBD product where they could still be lucid, they could still tell stories with their family, they could still have conversations, but the pain would be alleviated. Because a lot of times they give them morphine, right, for the pain. It, it, and, and so they don't feel the pain. But also what ends up happening is it basically just kind of obliterates them in the sense of they just can't, they don't think, they, they just, they're just kind of there. And, and so you have family coming in and they're just sitting with their loved one and it's just this morning and just this difficult process of watching them go through this. So what if you could sit with them for the next two days, 48 hours, and you could talk about life, you could talk about those stories, you could ask those questions, you could share things because think how many stories that people at the end of life have that they don't get to share or they, they, uh, they would love to share, but then they can't. And, and so as a result of that, one of the things I'm waiting to hear back, I just applied for at the University of Maryland School of Pharmacy. They, they launched two years ago, the first cannabis type masters. It's a, it's a master's of science and medical cannabis science and therapeutics. And it's a two year program. And, and so having the ability to go through that program could lead us down that road of going, Hey, how can we get through uh, some trials where we could, can you imagine having an alternative to morphine for end of life? It's, it's things like that. That's what keeps me going because my grandmother, my wife's grandmother, we watched them go through this and like hearing people talk about anyone who's gone through that process of morphine, they go, the moment we, I, I mean, everyone I've talked to in the past year, when you bring up morphine, they go, well, once they start morphine, it's within a few days or a couple weeks and they pass away. And it's just this, it's almost like a death sentence, right? We want our loved ones to be comforted. But we know the moment we do, it's, it's the end is coming very quickly. And so what if we could say, hey, we might know the end is coming very quickly, but let's enjoy those last moments we have. It's things like that. And then it's the little stories you have. You know, we've had, we've had former addicts tell us that, listen, I'm able to curb those addictions and those, uh, those temptations because I'm using these CBD products or, uh, it was life-changing. I, I was able to go back to my normal way of life before I had all the pain and the problems or whatever. And so it's hearing those stories of going, man, there's something here. Now we got to be really honest. We don't know that. And I, I'm not someone who says CBD is a cure-all, right? You, you hear that in the industry, you hear people say, oh, it can fix everything. I, I don't think that's the case. And there are adverse effects, right? CBN is meant to help you sleep. If you take it in the mornings or during the day when you don't want to sleep, that's an adverse effect now, right? That's, that's a problem. Now, it's a good problem in the right context, but, you know, so we have to be realistic about what this stuff can do and science needs to catch up with it. And, uh, and so regulation needs to catch up with that. And, and so we're, we're definitely pro-regulation in that side so we can uh, do this. And that's one of the reasons we partner with Central State University is so that we can do uh, some research uh, there with them. So the two PhDs we work with there, one's on the nutrition side and one is more on the plant side. So the growing, the farming understands the molecular, uh, you know, all the chemistry involved with that. And uh, they can help design those studies and run those studies where all we will do for that is we will provide the product. So we won't interfere with it. We won't influence it all. And that was one of the things I remember Dr. Phipps told me right up front at the beginning. She said, listen, I've had times when I was doing my PhD work where I had multiple papers ready to be published but the company that was sponsoring the studies would not allow me to publish them because it didn't put them in the best light. And I said, from this point on, I will never allow myself to be put in that situation again. So she said, if we do some projects, some study projects, research with you, even if it doesn't make the industry look good or it even makes you guys look bad, we're still publishing. I said, great. Like, that's what we want as a company. Our, our C-suite loves that idea. We want 
real information out there. We want the science to be truthful and honest. We don't want any influence in this. So we will provide the products. We will ask you if you can do these studies. You guys will fully design them without our influence and we won't influence the outcomes at all. Whatever it is, it is. You publish it and we'll run with it. Wow. Jared, you know, that, if nothing else, the nuggets of your purpose and what you're doing and the lives that you can impact really is a testament to both you, your partners, and the company that you represent. You know, what I talk about in the CEO's Compass, a leader that doesn't have the purpose, they can't align their people around it to get the results, again, even the good, bad, and the ugly, yeah. to achieve peace of mind, which you talk about loved ones, just knowing that their loved one could potentially have a better outcome mm. when it's in their final days, as well as the relatives that are remembering them. Yeah, Great, great story. I sincerely appreciate the science as well that you've offered to me and our listeners. As we bring this to a close, are there any last closing thoughts? Or how can people learn more about the work that you're doing? Because you said strength is in the partnership. Yeah. Yeah. You can go to cangoods.com. You can uh, learn more about us there. We're, we're kind of rebranding, relaunching that right now, a, a new site as well. But yeah, reach reach out to us through cangoods.com. You can email me. I, I'm guessing you'll put my information in, in the show notes there. So my email, I, I'm happy to give that out, is jared, J-E-R-O-D, at cangoods.com. You can find me on Facebook if you want or LinkedIn. I don't do Instagram, sorry. But yeah, LinkedIn, I have a lot of people that I connect with there and would be happy to talk to anyone if there's any companies out there that are even interested. We have lots of companies we've done preliminary talks with, publicly traded companies that because of regulation aren't willing to take the step yet. But we've walked through uh, with them a little bit on what that could look like to add CBD into their current existing product families and, and platforms. So happy to talk through any of those types of things. We're always open, even if you're not quite ready to take the plunge yet, but you're very interested. We love those conversations because the more we can do, I mean, we've had conversations with hand soap companies to a yogurt company, to, you know, publicly traded beverage companies uh, that everyone would know if I said their names. And they're all very interested, but because of where regulation stands or what's going on, they're not quite ready to take the step. And I get it. Like, I completely understand that. So we love to give them more information, talk through that, what that could look like, and, and happy to have those conversations. All right, Jared, you have been an amazing guest. I have learned so much from you. I sincerely appreciate the work that you and your company is doing. I do wish you continued success. Thank you, Deb. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, CEO's Compass, will change the way you think about leadership, navigate rapid transformation, and elevate the leaders of tomorrow. If you're feeling off track, the CEO's Compass Assessment will guide you to peace of mind in days, not months. You can learn more about the CEO's Compass by visiting my website at dropinceo.com. Now go out and lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.